0: Okay, joining us in the spotlight today is Michelle Bash from uh, WTOP and uh, Michelle and WTOP just launched a brand new podcast. First tell us tell us what you do at WTOP.
1: I am a general assignment reporter. Um so I do everything from the breaking news day by day. To feature stories I love doing feature stories that are particularly interesting and and unique and and really catch your attention on the radio so I have to do a little bit of the breaking news and and you know the nasty stuff to get to what I consider is a, the really fun stuff that I think people enjoy
0: now uh, tell us how long have you been uh, with with the radio station there and um, uh, did you start out in, in a different position or did is this how you got hired at WTOP
1: um, I've been with WTOP for 11 years. Uh, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I started out here. Um, I was working at a different station in the market uh, as a reporter and an anchor, and um, this station pursued me, so I moved over. Um, they have a very intense training system here at WTOP where you have to, um, most people do, start out in one position and kind of move around the room to learn how the newsroom functions. And so that's kind of how I started out, um, doing some writing first and some uh, uh, assistant editing, that kind of thing. But it's very helpful to help you learn how it works here at WTOP. And it it is a wonderful, unique place to work.
0: And for those that do not know, uh, WTOP – could probably be considered the best news station in the country, and it's certainly been the highest uh, revenue-producing station uh, for many, many years, owned by uh, Hubbard uh, Broadcasting. So that's not a bad place to work.
1: Oh, it's wonderful. I I feel blessed every day. I'm a lucky person to have ended up here, and it, it really is a pleasure. So
0: tell us how the idea for this podcast came about.
1: Well, um, I had heard about Tangier Island, Virginia, um, just through other news outlets, um, kind of what had been going on over there. Then, um, just over the summer, a new book came out, um, written by a journalist. It's called Chesapeake Requiem. Uh, the journalist is Earl Swift, and basically he spent a year on the island, um, really getting to know people there, uh, getting to learn the uh, the island's story. Um what its uh, problems are what it's facing it's facing an uncertain future um and with the release of this book um both me and and my bosses thought well gee you know we shouldn't just report on this book and and interview the author we should get you out there and really see what he sees and 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 go in depth
0: so talk about the research w- what did they have you do
1: well uh, of course i went to tangier island was and that was uh, an adventure in itself, just trying to get to this uh, very isolated island in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay. Um, it, it involved a drive. It involved getting on a boat. Uh, you can only get there by boat or by plane. Uh, didn't have the plane, so <laughs> I had to go the boat route. And it can be a difficult trip to get there in terms of, um, uh, you know, the the roughness of the, the, the bay. Um, and I, I found that out firsthand on my trip back. Um, to my car uh, aboard the boat um, four to six foot waves on a small boat. Uh, it was a pretty hairy situation. Um, so I can see why it's difficult to make the crossing even for tourists. Um, this island is mostly driven by the crab industry. It's a crabbing community, mm-hmm. but they also rely on tourism. Uh, people come in on ferry boats um, from both Maryland and Virginia to enjoy the place um, during the warmer months. And so those are the two big um, driving forces for their economy.
0: So what what is really the theme of the podcast?
1: The theme of the podcast has to do with the fact that this island is disappearing. It's going under the waves of the Chesapeake Bay. And, and many islands have done this uh, over hundreds of years in the Chesapeake Bay. We've lost them. But this island... Um, it's quite a story because, as I said, it's a crabbing community. There are several hundred people, um, about 460 people that live there, and they've been there. Their uh, relatives have been there for hundreds of years. It was settled in the 1700s by white settlers. Before that, there were uh, Indian tribes on the island. But this, it's sinking because of two reasons, both climate change, sea level rise, and um, in the Chesapeake Bay, sea level rise is, has been accelerated because the land is sinking so the island is both sinking and drowning at the same time so the problem is do we try to save this island of 460 people um as i said it's a crabbing community it's very important they catch a lot of crab on this island the watermen that work there uh and they don't want to move um also interestingly they don't believe the science behind what i just told you they don't believe that uh man made climate change has anything to do with the fact that the island is disappearing. I kept hearing over and over again that uh, the islanders believe erosion is the reason why they're losing their land uh, that the waves are just eating away and they are waves are eating away at both the sides of the island and it's coming up in the center of the island so it's this it's this islanders versus versus scientists uh back and forth uh
0: how could it be saved <laughs>
1: That is a good question. Um, The islanders think it can be saved by building a wall all the way around it. And if that sounds like something familiar, like maybe (laughs) President Trump, uh, interestingly, most islanders support President Trump. And President Trump has reached out to the mayor of Tangier Island and told him that he supports him. And the mayor tells me that uh, he's had some conversations with some federal folks In Washington, D.C., he believes because of President Trump's support of what they're trying to do. Um, Building a wall around the island would, of course, cost a lot of money, millions of dollars, um, maybe more than that. Um, But scientists I interviewed told me that a wall around the island would not be enough. This island is so low, it's only four feet above sea level at its highest points. The land is so. The whole island, I'm being told, would have to be raised up. They would need to throw more um, land on there. They would basically have to build up the land to build up the town on top of it again. It's almost like starting over. So then you're adding more and more millions onto that. Um, And so far, there's no one come forward with a way to pay for all this. Mm -hmm.
0: Did they say how much time they think the island has?
1: A paper that was published in 2015 – Um, by a scientist, uh, a group of scientists rather, predicted that the island uh, would be uninhabitable within as little as 25 years. Hmm. Um, I have heard uh, even worse scenarios since then um, by others. But uh, that was the big forecast in 2015 was that they had uh, possibly as few as 25 years to, to leave. That doesn't mean the entire island would be underwater by then. It just means that those folks that live there would have to leave because you have to understand the situation they're in now. Um, there are only three basically strips. Of ridges. These are three ridges that are sticking out of the water that make up the island. The The habitable part of the island is these ridges. And that's where the houses are built. There's businesses on these ridges. There's churches. Um, and that's all that, that's left. They're, these buildings are literally clinging to the highland on, on this island.
0: Why a podcast and not a five-part series on the radio?
1: We want to branch out more than what we're doing already. We already have some regularly produced podcasts that come out, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. For instance, we wanted to try to do something, um, you know, a little bit different. Um, in this case, we did five podcasts that dropped all at once on one day. Uh, so they could be binge listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I haven't done before. I've done multiple part series on the radio before, but but not this. So I was game to, to try something new. It was something suggested by my manager's. Um, and it's something I'd like to do again. I I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed um, the ability of of being able to stretch the story out even further than we normally would on the radio. There's more that's gone into it that um, would have had to have been left on the cutting room floor if we had put it just on the radio.
0: So take us through the experience of uh, being a podcaster and creating a podcast.
1: From the beginning, um, of course, as I said, I've done news series before, but the, the gathering of the sound is made that much more challenging by the fact that I knew I was walking into a situation where I would have these long um, podcasts to produce. And I normally produce stories every day that are about 40 seconds long. So I knew I would have to gather a lot of sound and and try to get as many interviews as I could. Uh, in a limited time frame, so that was challenge number one
0: do do you um enjoy you know that a little more than the radio or is it nice to have the mix that you have now doing both?
1: You know what? This is really exciting. I really enjoyed putting together the podcast. as I said, I'm new to it. I've listened to other podcasts and really enjoyed them. and this um was exciting and new and the ability to as i said add in things that normally i would i would just x out of my my thinking and and just leave behind i've now been able to add um for instance a lot more of the the personal things that i went through i normally try not to involve myself at right, all right. in a story and in this case i was part of the story because just getting there getting home was an adventure um getting on the mayor's boat the mayor is a waterman he uh, allowed me to go out on his boat with him, and he took me to a part of Tangier that you can't get to by any other way than boat. Um, and it was a settlement that used to be there and is now washed away. It was like an adventure.
0: Did it get you thinking right away? Wow, I, I have these other ideas that I'd love to do as podcasts because you know it, it, it is different and it can be exciting. Or were you ready to just get right back into the news, uh, the newsroom, and? and and cover what's going on locally.
1: Oh, I, I absolutely have many other ideas. Um, and these have been some have, I have thought of for years that I've been thinking would make uh, good features on the radio. But um, our features are normally no longer than um, maybe one minute if they're running in newscasts. Um, we do have holes where we normally put uh, live interviews, which can be as long as maybe three minutes long. So I've had some ideas, but uh, yes, this absolutely opened my mind to, boy, I, I'd love to do some more stuff and, and look around at similar stories that uh, have multiple angles and multiple facets to them that that lend themselves to podcasting.
0: And now, you guys, do you use a radio station obviously to promote the podcast? Uh, so how has the, you know how's the response been? Are you able to track whether people are, are moving over and, and listening to it?
1: I have not gotten a. Um, an update on how many downloads we have had of the podcast. I do know I've gotten um, a great response on social media. people are very excited. Some have have heard about this place. Some have visited this place. Uh, People that listen to us, um others uh, are hearing it for the first time and are going, wow, I didn't know that was right in my backyard uh, because it's, you know, it's a few hours away from Washington, D.C. But you think Chesapeake Bay, you think, you know, the Chesapeake Bay if you live in in this region. And and many people really don't. They don't know the story of this tiny little island. And when I say it's tiny, it's uh the square mile. It's about one square mile, just a wow. little bit more, one square mile. That's how small this place is. With uh, 460 people living in homes on little ridges, that's the way it goes for these folks.
0: It's great to be able to work for a company like uh, Hubbard, where you're able to branch out and do these different things and still uh, get paid for it uh, as part of your regular job. What what <laughs> advice do you have for you know podcasters that are thinking uh, about getting into it, or they're just starting, or they're just launching, and they're and they really want to make a, a go at being an independent podcaster?
1: I would say you know go for it and. Think outside the box. It is difficult. It was difficult for me at first to think outside my little box that I'm in. Uh, like I said, I, I put. Um, I think that there's things that I can't share on the radio. And, of course, you can when you podcast. You can share anything you'd like. And the rules are different. You basically make your own rules. Um, another aspect of this that was new to me was putting in some music that was created here at WTOP for me. Um, some musical interludes to take us from kind of one subject, one part of the story to another. That was new to me. Um, At first, uh, frankly, I didn't like it. It felt strange to have this kind of musical interlude where normally I would be talking or have some great, fantastic soundbite. And I got used to it after a while. And in listening to the completed podcasts, I really liked it. So it's fun to push yourself and, and say, okay, can I do this? Maybe I can do this. Well, give it a try.
0: Uh, this answer would be very helpful to podcasters too, because when you flip on the mic at the radio station, you know, especially at WTOP, there are so many listeners out there listening to every word you say. When you do a podcast, you're getting into a studio and putting it on a, a tape, you know, you're recording it, not knowing what's going to happen afterward. Obviously with WTOP, you know, they're going to be listeners, but it's a big, it's a big difference. So take us through, um, you know, what, people can learn from you about when they record and then they put it out there for others to, to hopefully hear?
1: Well, one thing I learned um, is that you want to, of course, keep people listening. And we know that already, uh, us folks in, in news broadcasting. That's why we want to do it quick and uh, use these great sound bites as quickly as we can, um, use great natural sound. Um, but in the case of a podcast, um, one of my pieces was about 20 minutes long. So I knew that every few minutes I needed to make sure there was something, you know, at least something exciting to keep people listening beyond four minutes, five minutes. You know, you don't want people turning it off. So you want to spread out uh, the payoff, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Um, I was uh, I initially disagreed with uh, telling part of my story uh, early on in part two of the podcast instead of saving it for the end because I thought it was the ultimate payoff but uh, my managers convinced me we should put it in part two. It's uh, about what we found, what I saw uh, when I visited that uh, part of the island I mentioned that the mayor took me to um, that's now isolated and and an island of its own. Um, I thought that was the most powerful part of my trip, but um, again, it's all about trying things and, and rolling things out in a different way. As long as you have other stuff to keep people listening um, and foreshadowing is great, too. That's something I, I had never done before that my some of my uh, news directors suggested was, you know, touching on a subject and then saying something like, we'll get more more in depth on that later. Mm-hmm. Never done that before.
0: <laughs> How much writing did you have to do?
1: Initially, this was a 10 part series. Um, so there, there was a lot of writing. And it's funny. One of my managers literally said, it's time to write your book. <laughs> um, so i i sat and i wrote i wrote and i wrote and um they helped me knock it down to five parts and they also looked at some of the sound and and some of the adventures i went through that i initially didn't write about like i said that i didn't think was worthy and they're like oh why are you leaving this out we should put this in and and it's it's funny there's even more that got left out that that people might find interesting but um maybe i can share in different ways we're doing um for instance, a listening party on Twitter on Wednesday, um, and in that way, I can I can tell people, well, you know, when I was on the boat, this happened, and, you know, little things that were left out. How
0: difficult was it to kind of transition from being, you know, the, the, the news person with a limited amount of time to a storyteller where you had so much time to, to- – to fill where you, you, you're trying to – I imagine you trying to say, okay, wait, this is going too long. We never do things this long. We're going to lose the listener to, to letting it play out as a
1: storyteller. Honestly, I think the, the hardest part for me was slowing my delivery down a little bit. Okay. Uh, that was was the toughest. Um, I tried it initially and, and was told, you know, you really should slow down and think more of this. Uh, think of people listening to this, you know, in their car – More like an audio book, you know, uh, take it a little slow, um, explain things a little bit more, uh, let them breathe. Um, That was the hardest. Uh, It wasn't about writing very long. Uh, As I said, we we combined what was initially uh, 10 parts into five. So that eventually made sense to me. And and with the transitions, it's okay. But it's the slowing down and, and giving people a chance to let it soak in a little bit before moving on to something else.
0: What do you feel like the biggest challenge was?
1: It was the delivery. Um, okay. I was worried initially that uh, after I did part one, that uh, I did part two, and it wouldn't match up. Uh, that the delivery might sound a little different, and it didn't. I, I got the cadence down, and once that was, once I got into it, um, because I wasn't recording these all, you know, in a row. It it took days, so I wanted things to sound consistent. And and we nailed it. I believe we nailed it.
0: What was the most fun for you?
1: <laughs> the most fun was going there. Um, after my trip, um, that's when I came back and I interviewed um, a scientist. Uh, this is the the lead author of the 2015 study that said uh, the place could be uninhabitable in 25 years. He's the guy I interviewed. Um When I got back and I was able to ask him uh, some questions about things I saw on the island, this was a, a marine biologist, and he was able to tell me things like, oh, you know, that's why you didn't see many trees on the island was because there is saltwater intrusion coming up. I mean, the saltwater is literally coming up through the center of the island and killing their trees. So that's why you go to this island and you don't see many big trees anymore. The trees are dying. It's something I don't think the average person would think about when you tell them about an island that's, uh, you know, disappearing. You don't think of it happening from the inside out. So that was interesting talking to him. Um, But go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Uh, But like I said, the the most interesting part was getting there, um, finding out things that uh, I had no idea about. I didn't realize that um, going without a cell phone would be so difficult. There are no cell towers on the island um, it's kind of a throwback because at several points I had people looking for me. It's a very small island, <laughs> and at one point, uh, you know, someone came up to me and said, "Oh, so and so is looking for you," and and then it happened again, and it happened again. It's just the way things work on an island with no cell tower. So.
0: So when you sit down and you listen to all five episodes, uh, by yourself with the headphones on to see how the final product came out, what are you thinking to yourself as, as you're listening to the different segments and what's going on? Because you're the only person that can see the pictures from the interviews or see the pictures that you went through to get there on the island and things like that. So are, are you thinking we nailed it? Are you, are you self critical? What, what's going through your mind when you're listening to them all?
1: I tend to be very self-critical and, you know, I think you have to be to to try to do your best, of course. Um, so I wish in some ways that I could have gotten um, a sound that was a little bit clearer. Um, it was a case where, as I said, I was out on a boat um, getting some fabulous interviews with the mayor, uh, driving a boat, and I'm interviewing him on a windy, rainy day. So I've got a lot of wind sound. Um, so I, I kind of wish I, I had a better microphone situation. That's really my only disappointment with the sound overall. Um, but since it's been put out and, and birthed to the world, I've had people <laughs> tell me that, uh, you know, it kind of adds to the feeling that they're there. You Sure, know? sure. And I understand that. That's great. Um, as long as it doesn't interfere with understanding the man, that's great. Um, if they feel more like they're on the boat with us, that that's fantastic. So uh, it's great to get that feedback when I feel so critical myself of, darn it, why couldn't I've gotten a little bit better sound out there?
0: What's your advice to other radio stations across the country that uh, maybe maybe don't do news the way they used to? It seems like it's almost uh, a way where you can really extend, if you can afford it, I guess, extend you know your your news departments and 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 do more of those in depth study or stories that uh, radio doesn't seem to do anymore.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, this think about it. This is kind of a a throwback to uh, the nineteen forties, nineteen thirties, or something. This is the way radio started to keep people listening for for long periods of time. I think it's it's pretty neat since we're such a uh, in such a format here at WTOP, where we're an an all news format. We're not talk; it's all news. And things move quickly. Whereas a podcast, um, you're on one subject for for quite a long time. And if you're at a station that's in a similar situation where you don't have quite the time on the air, but you have a great story, you have something to tell, or, or something you think will keep people listening, something you want to share, it, try the podcast way. It's it's really fun and interesting. And and like I said, in, in my case, I had all of the tape. Um, you just need the time. Put in the time and. And give it a listen. Let people listen to it in in the studio, other people you work with, and and see what they think.
0: So where can people listen to the podcast?
1: You can listen through our website. You can get to it at WTOP.com. It's also available through Podcast One, and it's on iTunes.